Hi everyone, my name is Steve Tudor and welcome to the Manchester City v Liverpool review pod. It's a pod that's absolutely convinced that in 10 years time, Darwin Nunes will be a quiz answer and a room full of people will go, oh yeah, I remember him. Joining me today to dissect, celebrate and, where warranted, criticise a performance from the Blues that impressed but also frustrated, I have with me two guests who are quiz answers themselves to the query, who does Steve like to chat to most on any given Monday? It's Aysan and Lloyd. Hi Aysan, you there? You well? Afternoon, mate. That's that's very kind, although I, I do feel Mr. Hawking might hear that intro <laughs> and, and feel away immediately. He's third. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm really good, mate. I'm I'm good. really good. I'm I'm in Manchester, it's cold and it's grey and it's wet, and I wouldn't have it any other exactly way. Exactly as it should be, too, right. Uh, Lloyd, are you well? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, Steve. Uh had a busy last ten days, so I haven't done one of these in a while. Um I couldn't make the game at the weekend, which was very annoying. But I think there's a lot to talk about, and I found some of the reaction a bit, bit mind-boggling. So I'm sure okay. we'll get into it. We'll absolutely get into that bit. Yeah, that's, that's um, interesting because I, I mean, I've seen the reactions and disagree and, and agree in equal measure with people. But yeah, I, I'm looking forward to getting to that bit. But before we do, it makes sense, of course, to go back to before the game and our thought in the build-up to it. So. Asan, did you view this? And I, I confess, I, I wrote this up as a, as a, not a, a title decided in any such way, but certainly one of those games where we'll look back on and go, yeah, you know, that was the one that really helped us in that regard. Did you see this game as with such importance? No. Okay. So <laughs> sorry. It, it, oh, no, no. Well, I'll, I'll add to that then. So uh, the extension to that is that you don't see Liverpool as genuine title contenders this year. No, it's not that. It's just that we went into the game knowing that even if they beat us, we'd be, what, two points behind them okay. or three points behind them? I just, I don't think, I think the league is, is still very tight. And if you compare where we are this season to where we have been in previous seasons, we're actually probably better off than most of our title winning seasons yeah. under Pep. So all in all, the game didn't really have the jeopardy riding on it that previous Liverpool City games have had riding on them. And also, I just don't think they're that good this season. So I'll kind of press you on this then. Title contenders or not then? So come May, do you expect to see Liverpool within five points of City? Um, mm, Yeah, probably, if I'm honest. I mean, five points, I don't know, because I don't know if they've got the uh, staying power mm. to go the distance. Um, but I can certainly see them doing what Arsenal did last season, which is that I can see them remaining in the conversation until March, April. Lloyd, where do you land on this? Yeah, I, I think Liverpool are probably the closest rival that City have got at the moment. Um I've not been that impressed with Arsenal this thus far, although they are now top, obviously, after beating Brentford. Defensively, they've looked really quite solid, but I think going forward, they've looked really, really meek. Saka and Martinelli are just not providing the same threat that they were last season. They've obviously had a few injuries, which has still, still done a bit like it did last season. Um, and I think Liverpool are building quite, quite well, actually. I think um, that midfield... You know, there was always going to be a bit up and down after having to basically revamp the whole thing. Um, I think they've, I think they've looked pretty good. Shakey at the back than you know the previous kind of 
really strong Liverpool sides we've seen. But I mm. still think the two games against Liverpool are the hardest games for City this season. You know, Anfield away, I'd say, is the hardest game in the fixture list. And, you know, I think they're probably the hardest team to beat when they come to the Etihad uh, as well. So, but I am with, I'm, I'm with Ace and I didn't, I didn't see this game, you know, as absolutely crucial. It's way too early in the season. Um, it's also one of those seasons where there's a lot of good teams, so a lot of teams are taking points off each other. So yeah. I think you're going to get a hundred point season this season, um, for example. So big game, but I think actually <laughs> the fact that it was on at half twelve kind of tells you everything you need to know about it not being an absolute ding dong. Yeah, and, and it does it does take away. I just can't help but you know, with the players and the performances, with the passion of the fans, 12.30 kickoffs. I love them personally, but it, it does take something. It subtracts something, doesn't it? Something quite important from a fixture, I think, uh, to play it that early on. Well, yeah, I mean, all the lads that I spoke to that were at the ground said that the atmosphere was really fun. Yeah, um, yeah. And, you know, that's not helped by the game being on at that time. I, I don't think this fixture should be on as a 12.30, particularly after the international break. It just... It just leads to that bit of kind of fatigue, malaise. Um, just poor, kind of poor decision from the from the broadcasters. Um, and mm. I don't love seeing Pep call out the fans, uh, to be honest. Um, but it did sound like, from what everyone said, that it was a bit muted. Yeah. I mean, he does have form for that, doesn't he, Pep? And, and there's always rhyme to his re- reason as well, isn't it? There's always some kind of, you know, he's he's thinking ahead possibly to the, to the Spurs It's always game. about the next game. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. One question, Lloyd. Do you, I've heard this a lot that from both inside the City bubble and weirdly from the Scouse side as well, this idea that, oh, Arsenal aren't serious. Arsenal aren't that good this season. Does it not worry you a little bit that they're top of the league and aren't that good right now? Because they were electric in moments last season. And you could argue that their issue last season was that they peaked way too early and ran out of legs. And if the opposite is true and they hit January and hit crazy form, that'd be a very, I think it would completely change the complexion of the way that they're viewed. So for the moment, I whilst I can see why people view Liverpool as the existential threat that they are because of past title races, I don't see this Liverpool team. This Liverpool team aren't as good as the Arsenal team that flew out of the traps last season are, and they are behind this Arsenal team that we are currently saying, having strengthened in the summer, just aren't quite as good. You see the point I'm making? I do, but I still rate the this Arsenal team. I just think they're the third best team in the league. Um, so I think for me, it looks like City, then Liverpool, then Arsenal. And I think they're probably the only three teams that can win the league this season. Don't think anyone else outside of it can. Um, I'm not discounting Liverpool. Uh, I'm not discounting Arsenal at all. Um, I'm actually, like I think like that result at Brentford, for example, that's very impressive. Um to go there, keep a clean sheet, win one nil. Um, you know, I think they got pretty lucky. You know, Rice had another unbelievable game, and I think you're already seeing the difference that he's made to that team. Um, so when they won there, I was, you know, I was a little bit like, oh, okay, they've moved top, but 
I, I just still think we are better than both of those sides. I yeah. just, at the moment, I've got Liverpool slightly ahead of Arsenal, but I think there's then a big gap after Arsenal to everybody else, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, let's focus on the lineups um, on Saturday. Um, Grealish was ill. Um, I was going to ask you, Asan, um, whether he would have started or not. I'll, I'll come at it from a more kind of interesting tack. Would you have started him? Would you have preferred Grealish to start over Doku? Yeah, no, not over Doku. I, I don't think that, I think with the travel that Alvarez had done right. and the minutes that he'd played, I'd said on the Friday show that um, what I wanted to see was Grealish left, Doku right, Phil, Bernardo and Rodri as the sort of three and actually playing Phil in the manner in which he's been using Alvarez, which is that sort of hybrid 8-10 role. Um, where he pushes right up against Haaland in moments, but then picks his moments to drop a little bit deeper. Uh, and actually, uh, it's funny because there were there were a couple of moments in the game where Alvarez picks up the ball right in the middle of the park with acres of space in front of him. And I was just looking at it going, oh, that should be swapped, man. Phil should be the one on the ball with acres of space and Alvarez and Haaland should be running in front of him. And when you look at those moments that are going around social media today, aren't they? The kind of the space afforded to Alvarez, but also Haaland just loitering, just ready to pounce and dart into space. You just think, oh, if Kev had been playing there, man, that that would have been at least three through balls for Haaland, and he would have scored at least one of those. That's mm. not that's not a judgment call on Alvarez, but you know, it's just how much we're missing Kev in games of this this stature. Um, the lineup, Lloyd, any surprises for you? Ake was in for Gavardiol, but that side really it can't well, kind of picked itself, would you say? Yeah, I think I think so. The be- the bench looked pretty scarce, didn't it? Like, yeah, I mean I four know. absences. So okay, any t- any squad's gonna miss four absences because you know it is a considerable amount, but it's not Spurs level or Newcastle level, and yet you look at that bench. It's really starting to piss me off now when commentators in particular mention how strong our squad is because it clearly isn't, is it? Well, it's just, look, it's, we know what it is. It's, we're flying with a very small squad this season. So yeah. I've been very kind of beating the drum on since the, the window closed. And it means if you do have four kind of key absentees, so, you know, Stones, Grealish, De Bruyne, Kovacic, you know, four very much first 11 players, then yeah, you you you're shorn of options, um, and you know who 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 could you look at on the bench on Saturday to try and win you a game? You know, I think you could have brought Lewis on to try and change the game. You could have brought you know Gavardiol on if you needed to replace Ake, but to try and win you the game, there really wasn't anything. So it was yeah, I think the the lineup kind of picked itself. To go back to what you were saying about De Bruyne, I think. I think if De Bruyne had played that game, City would have won the game comfortably. Yeah, I think. Yeah, um, it unfortunate that Alvarez that Alvarez had to play. It really that was the one that stood out to me where I thought I don't love that mainly because I think his forms dipped a little bit prior to the international break, and then the travel that he had to do. He played on Wednesday in Brazil. Mm. I just felt like maybe Rico playing um, in that game, if you know, knowing now that Grealish wasn't available, might have been a better call. But you know it's, it, it's easy to say that. Um, but I did, I did think that before the game, um, and 
unfortunately, it did play out a bit like that. I think it was probably one of Alvarez's worst games this season, and he's yeah. obviously been very good. Yeah, he, he looked kind of ponderous, didn't he, um, in possession and making poor decision making, which is always a mark of a player who isn't, you know, at it, retired essentially. Um, and, you know, he's a human being. If you travel back from South America kind of 48 hours earlier, it's going to have an impact. It has to. I'm going to jump right ahead here, but obviously track back um, and get to a point that you alluded to, Lloyd. So, hey, Sam, the, there wasn't many kind of options on the bench, um, admittedly, but. Is there an argument that could be made that in a 96-minute game against Liverpool, regardless of, you know, if you're bringing on an, an inferior player, that the fact that they've got fresh legs is going to be beneficial, surely? Um, just by bringing subs on just to add a bit of impetus, wouldn't would that be kind of uh, something we could throw at Pep and say that he should have brought on one or two? I mean, look, I don't... I don't agree in a way with the framing of the of the question because I don't think it's about saying oh well you bring an an inferior player on for fresh legs. I think that if you're winning a football match with minutes to go rather than tens of minutes to go and it's a high pressure game like Chelsea, like Liverpool, I would prefer that Guardiola, for example, took the point of view at 75, 77, 78 minutes before Liverpool actually go ahead and get that equaliser. The Guardiola takes the point of view. I don't need I don't need Alvarez on the pitch anymore. I just need to make sure that I don't concede another goal. And therefore, I need to make a change that sends a message to the entire team that right, your only job now is to keep keep this lot out. And the thing that sort of frustrates me is Guardiola will do that in games that he's winning 4-0 and 5-0. He'll mm-hmm. make a substitution and it'll clearly kill the impetus of the team and the team will clearly take a step back. And yet against Chelsea, I mean, honestly, at, at Chelsea, at that 4-3 goal, I said it after that review, I'd have had five lads lined up to go on. I'd have had every defender, anybody. I'd put another goalkeeper at centre back. Do you know what I mean? I'd just be, I'd be taking attacking players off left, right, and centre, and I'd be going, I'm killing this game. Nothing else is going to happen in this game. And similarly, I think the 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 probably the most frustrating thing in, about the Liverpool game, if we're going to talk about it from a substitution point of view, which we are, is just that I think it was crying out to take Alvarez off way earlier it just it wasn't having any impact mm. and i felt that liverpool just weren't really create it's not like they built up any sort of head of steam in the second half i felt as though we had them at arm's length and if anything we were the ones who had missed enough chances that at, there comes a point for me where you go you've missed so many chances here just shut it down just shut yeah. it down do whatever you need to do bring rico lewis on play with a three-man pivot, play Rodri, Rico, and Bernardo standing next to each other in a line in front of the back four, tell Phil to drop back to the halfway line, tell Doku to drop back to the halfway line, tell Erling to become a false nine, and just shut the game down. Thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show. To listen to the full podcast and all our contents, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes, and much more, go to 9320.com to sign up now or simply click the link in the description. 
So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.